Welcome back, everybody. We've got another exciting episode of For the Boys for you here. I've actually got a full crew this week for once. Justin has decided to join us after a long hiatus. Uh, the wife let him back out of the closet. Dylan's here as well. Dylan, as usual, hanging out in Nashville, sipping some wine, I'm sure, uh, maybe doing some extracurricular activities. Dylan, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm not sipping on some wine. I'm uh, sipping on that whiskey. Uh, it's a local whiskey that's uh, a little bit more of a sour mash, uh, caramel maple style, and um, also just a little bit of a vanilla finish. It is tremendous. <laughs> Dylan, hold up. I got to say, man, every time I ask you how you're doing, you describe your drink with such essence and fervor. I just want to grab a stove and fire that bad boy up, man. So. You know, you just my favorite part of the night is probably this and a little segment we're going to do later. But, Justin, I want to ask you how you're doing, man. Welcome back. It's it's nice of you to join us. Uh, the three amigos back at it. How was your weekend, man? Oh, well, it's good to be back for starters. We're going to start off on a positive note before I slowly transition to that. I'm sad. I'm big time sad because I had a long, long weekend of being good a fan. Dude, it was it was quite the weekend. I mean, it starts off. It was Friday night. My team, the Bo Sox, Boston Red Sox, get knocked out after they couldn't buy a hit for two games. Um, so they got knocked out. Astros move on to the World Series. I'm big sad. Um, next day, Penn State. You know, big Penn Stater. We throw Clifford out there and. Man's not healthy. We go to nine OTs with a, I believe, two and five team. Two and five team sounds about right. Um, yeah, nine overtimes. We lose that one while I'm at a wedding. So I'm not really watching the game. I'm getting updates. I'm upset. I'm upset. Mind you, here's a, here's a kicker for you. It poured during the ceremony at said wedding. It's a big metaphor. That's just a big metaphor for how my sports weekend was going. So then we're going to transition to later that evening when my Miami Heat, they lost game two of the season. Um, new point guard Kyle Lowry, he's out of the game. So right now we're working on the trifecta. We got three L's in two days, and that's going to just piggyback into Sunday where my Eagles just get slapped around on both sides of the ball. We got four L's, three days. It's Monday. I'm sad. <laughs> Man. Four L's, three days, three boys. I wish I could just send you some whiskey right now. That just made me sad uh, listening I, to that. I need some whiskey. I need some whiskey. I mean, if you guys want, we can turn this into a Zoom call, and then we just watch Dylan drink whiskey, and that'll make us feel better. I I'll describe know. it, and, yeah, I'll just really just give a breakdown and everything, even present the bottle and just, you know. We don't. I mean, I understand we don't do the, you know no free shoutouts, but at that point we kind of have to. Yeah, <laughs> no free true. ads, no free yeah. ads. Yeah, no more free ads, Rob. But hold on, we're not going to just gloss over all your pain and misery, Justin. This isn't called the one minute of hate. Now we're going to give it about three, four, maybe five minutes. So let's back all the way up to Saturday. I know this isn't a college show, but what exactly happened to Penn State? I think that game was that game in Pennsylvania. Oh, it was at it was at State College. Okay. It was homecoming. It was homecoming. We're playing I'm not Illinois. To laugh, man. We were Happy playing Valley Illinois. Seems kind of ironic at this point. It yeah. seems quite ironic. And now, well, I'll start. I'll, I'll briefly touch over that game. Um, Clifford's clearly not healthy. Healthy. He's not healthy either. That healthy. He was not helping a damn thing. <laughs> the offense couldn't move. The defense couldn't stop the run. Illinois. I saw a stat before I had to go to said wedding. I think it was averaging like 160 total rushing yards per game. One dude had 180 by himself. Jeez. This is like a third quarter. I, just, I mean, so to give you some perspective there, so we lose that crap show. Now we get to go to play Ohio State next weekend at Ohio State, primetime television. Well, I think we're like 14 and a half point dogs right now. So things are going well for the former number four ranked team in the country <laughs> so that's where i'm at mentally it's good yeah it's a it's a tough time to be a pennsylvania fan in general i guess unless you want to just hang all your sorrows on the steelers but dude i was watching some of that game and i think at one point it was like six straight possessions trying to score from the two yard line for the two point conversion or whatever and nobody could score <laughs> like it was oh, like dude. the the sixth to the eighth overtime was just like zeros, and that Dude. is the funniest shit I have ever seen. Some perspective, if I'm not mistaken, I think the overtime score, we went into overtime, 
I think it was like 10-10. The game ended 20-18, to and they played nine overtimes. <laughs> the longest game in FBS history. And they weren't even putting up points. Like, I, I know years ago there was this – there I was, was at a, work, and someone asked me, he was like, does that really say seven overtimes? And I said, I'll be damned. That's seven overtimes, yeah. Yeah, dude. I remember there was like a five OT game a few years back, but it was like crazy high scoring. It was electric. It was super fun. This, not fun for anybody. I did not have a good time, and I barely even – I didn't, didn't get to watch overtime because I'm getting rained on. So <laughs> super just big metaphor for my for my day. Yeah, you were getting rained all over, man. Uh, you touched a little bit on the Red Sox. They let me down. They were my World Series pick. So let's go, Braves. Hey, 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 pipe down. Pipe down. You're bad luck. Don't be jinxing the Braves, Dylan. That's my next pick, man. Listen, anyway, transitioning away from baseball, we got to touch a little bit on the biggest heartbreak of the week, possibly the season. We got to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game. Dylan, I think, was watching Ted Lasso sipping on some whiskey. Justin, I'm sure you watched the game. I didn't watch the fourth quarter. I turned it off. I was much more invested in another game that we're going to talk about later. But honestly, I guess the main thing I wanted to ask here to you both guys, your opinion on this Eagles team is what exactly at this point in the season do you think is the problem and can we fix it? If I had to give you the options of just the defense, Jonathan Gannon, Nick Sirianni, or Jalen Hurts being the main issue, what do you think is the main issue and how do we fix this moving forward, Justin? Yeah, um, so I think it's a lot of things. And you mentioned this as being a big heartbreaker. I was the least heartbroken by this game. And that sounds crazy because I'm talking I was more heartbroken about game two of an NBA season. But with this game, I think I expected better results. But when it happened, I'm not surprised. I know we're in rebuild mode. And I'm at the point of I'm just tanking for picks at this point. Give me two top five picks, and I'll be just foaming at the mouth. But I think the big biggest issue with this team is the coaching staff in its entirety. I think that's where not all, but a good deal of the problems are coming from. Gannon's defensive scheme is just not the right scheme for who we have on this roster. Everything just flows through the middle of the field. We don't have the linebackers and really the safety help. McLeod's been okay, but he's coming off a torn ACL or Achilles. I forget which one, honestly. But this defensive, the scheme is not a fit for the personnel that we have, and that's a problem. We're getting exposed constantly in the middle of the field. Outside's been great. Steven Nelson, Slay have been great. Everything else has been terrible. I mean, you got Fletcher Cox calling out the D.C. already. Um, I believe McLeod said some comments the other week. It's It's apparent that he's an issue, and I think Sirianni's play calling – and his scheme, all in all, might be an issue as well. Hurts, I have my reservations. I still have hope because he is young. But I just think the coaching staff right now is problem number one for me. I would say the coaching staff is as well. Um, I would lean more towards the offensive side and just say Nick Sirianni. He's, he's got a young core. And, you know, unfortunately with Miles Sanders going down, you know, our boy Kenny G stepped up and, you know, did his thing, got a tutty, continued to show that, you know, he was – he's a piece as well. You know, the Birds got pieces. They got a young core, a young little nucleus to build around. I'm still a Jalen Hurts believer. It's just really tough because, you know, he goes, he goes to his first read and he is very – it's very different to – for him to just go to a second read because he instantly breaks the pocket really quick and, you know, he's relying on his legs too much. I think it's unfortunate for Jalen Hurts because Nick Sirianni, I think, is the reason that the birds are doing as bad as they are. I like I like both of those takes. I guess the, the focus of my question is really surrounding those two guys you just mentioned, Dylan. The Nick Sirianni-Jalen Hurts marriage – and whether or not it can be successful now and whether or not it can be successful in the future. I did like the fact that Jeff Lurie kind of, again, thought outside of the box. He brought in a young coach, somebody who was excited about the game, somebody full of energy who could revitalize this team, revitalize this locker room after the Doug Peterson era had gotten stagnant and he was shown the door. Whether that was the right thing to do or not, whether it was warranted, he was. They brought, so they bring in Sirianni again. They start out with another really, really young head coach. 
I can still remember when the Eagles brought in Andy Reid back in the day, and he was the second youngest head coach back then. Crazy to think that Andy Reid in Kansas City is only 63 this year. It feels like he's been around my entire life coaching as a head coach. So Only coach to win 100 games in two different programs. Yeah, there, there you go. I thought he was still searching for that one, but I do think he, oh, he no, got he's, it. He's escalated 100 wins at Philly and Kansas City. He is a tremendous head coach. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And we will definitely talk about the Chiefs a little bit more, but let's get back to the Eagles here. Do we think that this this union can be successful? Because honestly, I'm going to continue to support Hurts. I like him as a person. I don't know that I think he is the franchise quarterback for this team. I'm back on the other side of that argument. I'm leaning just a little bit that way, Justin. I'm not all off the the Jalen Hurts train, but I'm definitely seeing more and more film and more and more things from the professionals that watch this game that are kind of showing me that he may not be the guy that we need to run a scheme like this and to take this team in the right direction. Yeah, I think the the way to look at it for me is – there are no other options at quarterback right now. I've joked, well, joked is more of me trying to get ahead of the hot takes. I joked about Russell Wilson, um, Deshaun Watson, who by the time this pod airs will be in Miami. Um, maybe, you never know. But those are the options outside of the draft. And we're not dra- if we draft a quarterback in the first round this year, I'm just mind blown. I don't think they're that talented. I think the talent has really fallen off. There's a lot of options. Yes. But are they franchise quarterback options? I don't think so. I'd rather roll with Hurts another year. So to me, this union between Sirianni and Hurts will probably end more sensibly with Sirianni out the door over Hurts just because there are other coaching options who are probably just as good, if not more than likely better, as opposed to what there's out there in terms of quarterback options. So I think that's how, this is how this ends but I guess we'll find out. I can't see Sirianni being fired by, before the end of the year because really, what's the point? Like I said, we'll see at the end of the year what happens with him or, or with Hurts for that matter. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this team moves forward. It'll be interesting to see how we finish the year. I want to let you guys, you know, or remind you guys that in Carson Wentz's first year with Doug Peterson, the Eagles were seven and nine. So kind of trending in the same direction. I don't know. I don't know if I would like it if we pulled the plug, if we did end up going just a bit below 500. Let's say we win six games. I would like to actually see what we could do in year two. But if the wheels just fall off and we lose the team, obviously I do think you have to make a change. And I think that at that point the correct change would be to get rid of the coach, especially if you can bring in a sexy college coach or a a proven coach in the NFL. (laughs) Joe Brady. (laughs) <laughs> Brian think, Dayball hey, There's uh, two great names Dylan said Brian Dayball from Buffalo And uh, Justin said anywhere, Joe Brady he, Anywhere Brian Dayball is going to go That quarterback is going to be Spectacular anywhere he goes I mean look what he did done with Josh Allen and look how Yeah Josh Allen is not Jalen Hurts Josh Allen is a special <laughs> man Let's, I mean let's not Josh, I'm just saying that I'm just saying that Josh Allen was a project coming into the league and with good coaching like it was not only with Sean McDermott but also with Brian Dayball really being hands on with him I mean they made him into what Josh Allen is now is what I'm saying I That's would say I'll Brian give you I'll give you 30% of that. I think 70% of that was Josh Allen is an absolute freak of nature, and that's why he was drafted out of a small school called Wyoming when everybody was like, I don't know about his accuracy, but he can do everything else great. So I'm with you. I do think Brian Dable has a, needs a huge chunk of credit. Sean McDermott, obviously more of a defensive guy. He was a defensive guy under Jim Johnson here in Philly. So I'm going to give the credit to Brian, not to Sean. I do see what you're saying, Dylan, but – I don't know that it. I don't even know if Brian Dable could fix Jalen Hurts right now. I guess is more of, more of what I'm getting at. But let's talk about another team that is broken in about a thousand million different pieces, and that is the Chiefs and Titans, guys. The Kansas City Chiefs went down to Nashville and they fell. They fell hard. They fell three to twenty-seven to the Titans. The Titans have now knocked off the formerly talked about Brian Dable led. Buffalo Bills with a last-second goal line stand, and then they just absolutely annihilated the Chiefs. Dylan, I'm going to go right back to you. What did you see in this game? Again, what was the feeling down there in Nashville with another huge win, and is this team now positioning themselves to be the best team in the AFC? 
I want to first give a shout out to all the Chiefs and Bills fans within the past week of coming to the city. Thanks to your hospitality and your stout livers, I'm able to make another rent payment and take <laughs> another vacation. So I really appreciate just within a matter of six days, you were all able to take care of that for me. But getting back to more important matters. That's big. Uh, it, yeah, I say so as well. Um, the, Rob, the city was buzzing, man. I mean, you got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in. Yeah, they're a little bit vulnerable, but everyone's just waiting on them to just have that game, to just kind of that get-right game to where it's like, oh, yeah, these are the Chiefs. And, you know, there was a little bit of speculation that this could be this game as well because Janoris Jenkins and Christian Fulton, uh, well, especially Christian Fulton, were was out this game, and Janoris Jenkins, I believe, was out as well. So you're already looking at a Kansas City offense without your best corners, and that's already a disadvantage to begin with. But, you know, give your credit to the Titans, man. They got after Patrick Mahomes with a fierce pass rush, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry and even uh, Bud Dupree making an appearance, you know, really getting after, really putting the pressure on. Also creating turnovers. Uh, As of now, the Chiefs are the team in the entire NFL that has the most turnovers, and Patrick Mahomes can no longer mask that. This was Patrick Mahomes' first career without 250 passing yards or a touchdown. Fun fact, everyone, Derrick Henry had more passing touchdowns in this game than Patrick Mahomes did. And it seemed as though, from the Chiefs' perspective, all they wanted to do was just shut down Derrick Henry. And they just pretty much just sold out for the run and basically dared Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball. But it's, again, another terrible disadvantage when you put A.J. Brown and Julio Jones in man-to-man coverage. It was such a spectacular game plan, game plan. I give credit to Todd Downing for taking risks like the play-action game, even giving Derrick Henry his touches, not doing too, too much, but eventually getting to the where they have the play-action game and just the passing game just started flourishing. This was A.J. Brown's coming back game. All is well here in the 615. Yeah, man. Um, I love the shout-out to A.J. Brown there, too, because that man has been so due for just a remotely solid game, and it finally happened. Um, couldn't have come against a weaker secondary, so great for him. Hopefully that gets the ball rolling with Tannehill, and hopefully a healthy Julio can get the ball going, too. But back to the Chiefs, man, they just – I don't know. I called it a few weeks ago. I feel like they are just in this weird – I'll call it panic mode because it's just not going well. I mean, to put up three points against a not great Titans t- defense is not good. Not good when you have Tyreek Hill. Not good when you have Travis Kelsey. It's just not a good look. Mahomes look lost out there. I feel like Tyreek Hill, I think he might have had like 60-some yards and like five catches, but that's just not a Tyreek Hill game. Travis Kelsey just was – this just wasn't the Chiefs that we all know, that we've all fallen in love with for how electric they are. And the question is, who is to blame for this? I said off air. Um, it might have been in a text. I'm not sure. But this reminds me of, and this is probably a premature hot take, reminds me of Andy Reid's era when it came to a close in Philly. Is it starting to get stale in Kansas City? It sounds crazy because they are a, you know went to the Super Bowl last season. But is it starting to get stale? Obviously, history could repeat itself there. I guess we'll see as, as the season rolls on here. But... Man, I just this is rock bottom for the Chiefs. Putting up three points against a not good Titans defense is not what you want out of your defending AFC champions. Wow, that's crazy. Justin, I was actually saying that to myself. I was at work and I was looking over Andy Reid's last couple of seasons in Philadelphia because I had the exact same thought that you just did. And it was maybe it's starting to get stale. Is it getting stagnant? So I had to go back, look at some stats. I think Andy Reid lasted a total of about 13 years here in Philly. And right around that year 10, year 11 mark, some things started to go wrong. Obviously, the loss of his son at the time. And uh, he was quickly shown the door after that Dream Team season. But when I look at now, I think they're around year nine. And you're kind of seeing some similarities. You know, it'll be interesting to watch. Definitely keep an eye on this team. I think right now... I still like their odds to make the playoffs. I still think they can correct a few things. They just need to 
fix a few items, tweak the offensive line a bit. Patrick Mahomes isn't getting much protection. I think that's where the biggest issue is. And if they can run the ball just a little bit more, I still like my chances. That offense is absolutely dynamic. But let's move, guys. Let's move to the division that's got two extremely hot teams right now. Get me out of the dumps. I'm getting sad. We're talking Eagles. We're talking Chiefs. And I'm just getting more and more sad by the minute. I want to talk about the Bengals and the Ravens. The Bengals go on the road, and they have a huge win, an upset win, some might say, over the Ravens. The Ravens were rolling. They were 5-1 and one prior to that. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase seem to be hitting it off really, really well. Justin, what did you see in this game that you liked, and do you think the Bengals are for real? So there's one thing. One thing I liked a lot. He wears the number one. He played – down there in the bayou at LSU, and that's Jamar Chase. This Go dude Tigers. is such – Go Tigers. Such a freaking baller, dude. I love this kid, his talent, his explosiveness, his tomfoolery, how he tricked everybody thinking that he had the yips and he was dropping balls all the time. This dude is a freaking stud. He is an unbelievable – and, man, him and Burrow is going to be a crazy connection for a long, long time. I almost just fell out of this damn chair. Um, <laughs> I could actually hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't cut that. Um, no, he's, he's awesome, man. Burrow threw for almost 500 yards. Um, I know it was up north of 400. And they just look good, man, against a really hot Ravens team on the road. There's not much to dislike about this uh, this Bengals team, man. They're They're a fun, fun team. Joe Burrow's poise, specifically him going up against the uh, one of the most pressured defenses in the entire league. Wink Martindale is a tremendous defensive coordinator for Baltimore and uh, tactician as far as uh, bringing different disguises and blitz and different style coverages. And Joe Burrow was able to just stand back there. I was really impressed with House at sometimes they kept uh, CJ Uzmanzada and also uh, Joe Mixon in like right beside him as additional protection just so he can make the plays. I mean, J- y'all. I mean, Jamar Chase is just one of the weapons that he has. You know, T Higgins is another weapon as well. He was targeted thirteen times. Uh, you know, C- uh, you know. I already mentioned CJ Uzmanzada. He caught two tutties. You know, the, right now the Bengals are. You can make the argument that the Bengals are the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, you definitely can. I know that you would have a lot of love for Joey B. That's your guy. You'd love to text me, Joey B, when you swing the ball. Yeah, the real Tiger King. (laughs) The real Tiger King. Yeah, look, I was a little bit surprised. I know everybody was jumping on the bandwagon from a betting aspect. I was really, really impressed by what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens had done. Uh, in previous weeks. I think this game was just a testament to what you said, Dylan, that that offense, those coordinators, that scheme, and most of all, number nine. It's crazy. When I look out there, sometimes I think, is that Carson Palmer? Is that Joe Burrow? And I mean elite Carson Palmer. And it's crazy because Burrow already looks like the guy that's going to be there for a very, very long time. I think the league's in good hands when you look around the AFC at some of these quarterbacks that are coming up. But, you know, I just got to say hats off to them. A very impressive win overall. Jamar Chase is having an outstanding year. I was trying to pull up some stats, and I didn't get there in time. So I'll just ask you guys the question. You know, at this point in the year, with the way that Jamar Chase has played, do you think he can have a better year than Justin Jefferson had last year? And if you had to pick one to start a franchise around, who would it be? Man, that's tough. Um, I think – I think he can have a better year, and that's more of a testament to quarterback play. Um, yeah. Kirk Cousins just is not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is, when healthy, definitely a much better passer than Kirk Cousins, so I think that gives Jamar Chase the advantage immediately. But Jamar Chase has come out of the gate hot, man. Justin Jefferson started a little bit slower, obviously crazy explosive, was great his rookie year, still great this year, of course, but – Man, Jamar Chase just looks like he is insane, elite level wide receiver, and has shown this really since week one, if I'm not mistaken. So that's who I'm putting my money on. Same here. I mean, Jamar Chase was the number one when Justin Jefferson was the number two at LSU, and uh, Jamar Chase was averaging 20 yards a catch with Joe Burrow. It seems to be that connection is, I believe, is 21.6 yards per completion that they're averaging right now just as a duo so it's picked right back up 
Um, right now, Jamar Chase is on pace for 85 catches, almost 1,800 yards, and 13 touchdowns. That is Randy Moss-esque, like, rookie year with Chris Carter in Minnesota. Like, that is a tremendous rookie season for a tremendous wide receiver. <laughs> Those are like video game numbers. That is um, that is incredible. You guys both make good points. Justin, you pointed out that the quarterback play from the Bengals is just absolutely insane. Who they say they're going to beat them Bengals? Nobody, man. I do think that – I mean, that, they just beat their competition. You know, I think you could put a fork in the Browns. I think they're toast. They and, really – they bullied Baltimore, especially when Baltimore had just bullied Justin Herbert, and now Joe Burrow just did that to the Ravens. It's – you. you Man, it's, it's it's a wild time in the AFC right now. Yeah, they did. They did. They absolutely bullied them. I mean, at the end of the game, then, to, to kind of seal the deal, you saw Mixon in that offensive line running all over everybody. And then to add insult to injury, Samaj Piran got in the end zone with almost the identical play that uh, Mixon used to score. So great W for the Bengals, man. Great W. Let's go to another cat team in the NFL. There's a little common theme here. Let's stick with the cats. It's Halloween. You've got orange cats. You've got black cats. Guys, we have got to talk about the Panthers-Giants game, and it's not because any of us are interested in anything about these two franchises. I could care less, and I didn't really watch much of this game, but what I did see was that a Giants team that had no business beating a Panthers team absolutely destroyed them sam darnold um just continues to look unimpressive and i've got to say it i just i don't see the panthers winning very many games without mccaffrey this is just a team that doesn't look like they have gotten anything going i I don't even know what to say a a friend requested that we talk about this game so this is for you friend because i don't have anything good to say about these teams he sort of demanded it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it was a demand. Was like, yeah, he was like, it. do this. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he well, what, is, what yeah. is there to talk about, though? I mean, the Panthers, and I called this weeks ago when everyone's like, oh, the Panthers are 2-0, and the 3-0, and and they got steamrolled by Dallas. They let a crappy Philadelphia team come back and beat them when they were down double digits. This team is not good. There's not a whole lot to be excited about for this team, besides DJ Morris having a good season. Now he's kind of regressed back to where, you know, He's regressed because he's playing with a bad quarterback. No CMC out there is a problem. Um, they went and traded for Stephon Gilmore, which could be a big boost for the defense. Um, hopefully, J.C. Horn comes back healthy and everything's cool there. Got some quality corners there. But, man, there's there's just not a whole lot to say about the Panthers. I'm unimpressed. I really wasn't impressed to begin with. And, yeah, that's my that's my rant on the Panthers. What about you, Dylan? What what did you see from this game? And what are your big takeaways from the Panthers Giants game of the week? If Daniel Jones is playing any other sport other than football, he is a good athlete that you want on your team. Uh, Matt Rule is known to completely tear down any kind of house just to the studs and just rebuild. I think a big piece to do that is to at least entertain the idea of trading Christian McCaffrey and also insert yourself possibly even in front of Miami for Deshaun Watson. You know, um, the Panthers are really bad and it's, I don't think that's Matt rule or Joe Brady's fault. I think, you know, now we're starting to see, you know, Sam Darnold may actually just be pretty bad because now We've seen him without Christian McCaffrey for multiple games. As you were saying earlier, Justin, uh, DJ Moore has regressed. And, again, Joe Brady can really only do so much as far as play calling. Uh, if I'm the scouting department and I'm um, taking the uh, the money ball routine, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's making about $16 million a year. I feel like that $16 million can be used elsewhere and – I feel like with uh, how aggressive their owner is, because, again, he, their owner, ladies and gentlemen, David Tepper, in case you didn't know, he paid for this team in cash. It's like $2.6 billion that the Panthers sold. He paid that in cash. So he, he's not playing around. He is an aggressive owner, and I feel like he is going to do whatever is necessary to start winning. And 
especially with the trade deadline coming up, you could see the Panthers as uh, one of the biggest uh, sellers, I believe, just because of how their team is looking. But I believe that Matt Rule will have a plan. Leave it, leave it to Dylan to always have like the craziest thing you can think of each week. <laughs> like, he just ups the bar. Like you don't need any help, man. I love it. He's just like, yeah, trade McCaffrey, trade everybody. Dude, it's great. It's crazy because they are crazy takes, but they all have. There's, there's a, there's sense to it too, which is great. Yeah. You're not, you're not just spouting off nonsense. It actually <laughs> makes sense when you break it down. And, and it could be the whiskey talking. I don't know. Whiskey's getting a little <laughs> freaky with the takes. A little spooky. It's, it is Halloween almost. But, but yeah, man. Warm. <laughs> Hot takes and nice whiskey just warms the belly. <laughs> I can't. I can't, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Necessities, <laughs> the necessities. Pause. Listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm not done. Listen, shout out, Jacob. Shout out for being a Panthers fan. This was for you. I got one more thing I can say. I was sitting here stewing. I was thinking, what can I get mad about? Well, I can get mad about Robbie Henderson. Listen, I I know we don't talk fantasy on this show. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. But if you have any faith in Robbie Anderson – you you probably are not going to win a dang thing, okay? Robbie Anderson is absolutely terrible. We didn't touch on this enough. Two weeks ago, I watched this bum play. I swear he had eight drops. I went online and started trying to count them, and everywhere had him counted for maybe like a drop at the time. And I was really confused because even the announcers kept commenting how many times he had dropped the ball. Everybody thought that the connection with Darnold would be something. It never really was something. I think the longest pass plays he had in New York were from the other quarterback, and his name wasn't Darnold. So uh, there's not much to say about this offense. Without McCaffrey, it's a one-man show. It's the DJ Moore show. But the little fella can only do so much. And honestly, they're just they're just not a very good team at this point. They've got too many holes on defense. And, yeah, man, the Panthers suck, and that's all i got to say about them. You're welcome, Jacob. You're welcome. Tell me you're welcome, Dylan. I have three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I have three dollars. Yes, three dollars. I wish I had three bucks, guys. Actually, I have more than that. I want to talk about the Lions and Rams. This was a frustrating game to watch, but I want to talk about it from the angle of giving a little bit of props to Sean McVay and that team. If you just scoreboard watch and you were to look at this box score – you would have seen, oh, the Rams barely beat the Lions. And I would say you are correct. However, however, this was no fault to the Rams offense. This was no fault to McVay. There was no blown calls, no real blown coverages. What you had here was a, again, well-coached Dan Campbell team that came into L.A., had everything to lose, and boy, did they show it. You guys, this game had one onside kick and two fake punts that were converted. So essentially three possessions that were stolen away from the Rams. And what the Lions did with that was put together really long drives. They shortened this game, and that's why the uh, the total points was low, and that's why they didn't win by a lot. But I got to say, this took every single second of the clock for the Rams to win. The Rams were able to score points right before the end of the first half, and they were able to get a takeaway and score points right at the end of the second half with about a minute left. So this one came down to the wire. Justin, what did you think after watching this game? Do you think that this was more of a Lions team showing up and playing really well, or do you think this was kind of a letdown from uh, the Rams? So as the podcast's number one Lions supporter, because I've been saying for weeks the Lions are much better than what their record reflects. Yes, they are winless. Yes, they're the only winless team in the league. But, man, they have heart. That sounds so dumb. But the way this coaching staff has built this team, and they just have so much fight. Well, Dylan, I'm sorry, the podcast is <laughs> entertaining. Oh, we're boring you, Dylan. <laughs> no, but the Lions, man, they got heart. They got heart, and they're willing to fight. And I think they're gonna they're gonna give really good teams tough matchups week in week out. And that's exactly what I think happened here. The Rams played very well. Like you said, they got some possessions stolen from those crazy trickery. It looked like me in fourth grade playing Madden, like 2006, <laughs> just going crazy. But, yeah, man, they're fun. And I think they're just going to – they are going to put their nuts on the table. 
every single week. And my bold prediction is they beat the Eagles next week and get their first W because they like putting their balls on the table and Philadelphia is not good. That's the take. I'm trying not to get angry. They suck. Go Lions, baby. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Well, we know uh, who Justin really supports. He's off the Eagles wagon and he's jumped onto a winless team. So, uh, might as well just get into the complete dumps. I mean, yeah, well, let's get into the dumps. Bad. You know what? Let's jump in. Let's jump into the ball pit feet first. You know, the smelly ball pit at McDonald's where you catch COVID and there's smells like throw up and all that. Let's jump in there. Let's go win hunting. Dylan, since you're so disinterested, let's go win hunting. When do the Lions get their first win of the year? Go. All right. Well, obviously, Halloween is the Eagles and they have the bye week. Steelers, Browns, Bears. Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and Packers. Jesus. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's not an easy run. Oh, my God. It really is. It they might happen. not win a game. That's insane. That is. Okay. Holy so, shit. all right. I can agree with. I can agree with y'all. Just like, okay, they could they could possibly beat the Eagles because I mean we've said yeah. it even off air. You know they've been in every game. Like it's it it God. It, there's just a. Some of them just most just break glass around that organization just daily. I don't I don't understand. Lions Rams was a six point game until Jalen Ramsey intercepted the ball in the end zone with like yeah. a minute left. Like they were right. gonna take the lead. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's find this win. They can okay. So I would all right. So their next four games. So the Eagles. Then they have their bye week. The Steelers, the Browns, and the Bears. So all of them technically have quarterback issues with the three with two of them being health, and then two of them just having inconsistent play. So Jared Goff is having inconsistent play as well. And Dan Campbell's already alluded to that. I don't really even know who their backup is. So I don't really think they even have a viable option you know we all see that uh De- um, um deandre swift is a stud and you know Amon St. No, he's brown. awesome yeah, swift is awesome he is and uh mont st brown's starting to get a little bit more looks as well and you know obviously tj Hawkinson is you know the hawk but i'd say their next four games i would say they could possibly win two of these games i could see them winning against the eagles and i can see them uh, winning against the bears simply because both of those teams are the only – or out of those four games, those are the two at home. So I can see them winning just those two games. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think if they don't lose to the e- – I mean, if they don't beat the Eagles, I think they beat the Bears. I don't think the Bears are very good at all. If, I have if, the- they, if, if, if they get their first win against the Bears, that will be Matt – that will be the final straw for Matt Nagy. I mean, that's fine. Justin Fields <laughs> isn't very good, and neither is Matt Nagy. So – Hot take, best thing that happened to the Bears all season is Matt Nagy getting COVID. And I don't mean that as being insensitive. I hope he is okay. But, man, to get him away from play calling for a little bit is probably the best thing that could happen to them because it might they might figure out he's the problem. That's that's a whole different discussion. I just wanted to throw that take out there. No, by, by all means, I, I'm with it. You know, If we had more time, we could talk about how terrible they are too because they are – been there, done that. They suck. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. Okay, so what about you, Justin? When do you think they get their first win? Do you think it's against the Eagles this coming week, or do you think it's a little bit later on, or do you think they go over? Ah, uh, man, they're, they got a tough schedule, but wholeheartedly, I really don't think they'll beat the Eagles. Um, I think Philadelphia is just going to try to sling the shit out of the ball, and it's probably going to work. But I think they do beat the Bears mainly because I do think the Bears are that bad. I think they're terrible, and I think the Lions at least have a fight in them. Um, they are passionate, and I think they're going to be fired up because they know the Bears suck, and it's a divisional rival. So I want to say the Bears as well. Okay. I like it. I think we all – so we all agree. We got that one circled on our schedule, boys. That game is November 25th. If they don't beat the Eagles this week – Run to Vegas, put all your money on the Lions November 25th. There's the W. Let's move on to a team that didn't have a hard time getting a W out on the West Coast, and that was the Colts and the Niners. This was surprisingly an interesting Sunday night football game. You guys, when they started throwing around uh, weather predictions like 
Cyclone Bomb, and they just started making shit up before the game even started. I was like, okay, this is going to be a wacky, wacky game. And I actually found myself uh, pretty amused. I was amused by all the fumbles in the game. I was amused with the turnovers. Yet I also was really, really surprised. You guys, this was a game in which Carson Wentz traveled out to the West Coast, the same Carson Wentz who's been maligned and scrutinized and ridiculed and belittled by the media this whole offseason. The whole season, when the Colts stumbled out of the gate, everybody wanted to pile on them. Well, they've quietly put together a little two-game winning streak here, and all that chatter about Frank Reich maybe not being that good is slowly starting to go away. Listen, I get it. I get that it was the 49ers, but it was out West. It was a game that maybe the 49ers of the past might have won, a game that had to be won in the trenches. But this is a Colts team that is really, really good in the trenches. They got their offensive stud, Quentin Nelson, back for this one. You could tell that he was a huge help in the game. Jonathan Taylor was rolling. He had another 100-yard rushing game. And on the defensive side of the ball, there's not much more to say than the double Ds, baby. DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard are absolute studs. I mean, that's the difference between a team like this and a team like the Eagles, for example, who don't invest in linebackers. Having guys like this, these premium guys who are probably top three in their position in the league at each level of the field makes a huge, huge impact. I don't want to take away too much time. I want to let you guys dive into this a little bit, but I do want to say I have nothing but the utmost like just respect for the way Carson balled out. This Again, he went, he went crazy. I want to read off his stats here really quickly. This is a guy who won the season – Carson is completing 64.4% of his passes for 1,695 yards, 11 touchdowns, and I believe only one interception so far. So he had a few fumbles. I think, he threw one, I think he threw one last night, so I think that was the second one, if I'm not mistaken. Either okay. way, impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're, uh, you're, you're right. Unless I am missing it here. I thought I he did wrong. too. They might have listed that as a fumble, to be honest. I'm looking at the stats, which would be really weird. I know the play you're talking about, the one where he was like running all goofy and like fell forward and the ball swoop, went out of his hands. You talking about that right. one? Yeah. Yeah. I think they listed that as a fumble, which is even funnier. Hmm. But interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Needless to say, he finished with a, uh, a very high quarterback rating in this one. He finished with a 106.2. In the last four games, he hasn't had a quarterback rating lower than that. He is. I mean, I just read you off the stats, guys. He has 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, only one pick. If you compare that to his 2017 season, he is on pace to blow those stats away. That's a year where everybody was saying Carson Wentz for MVP. I don't know what's changed, but if he continues to play like this and it looks like those ankles are back to being fully healthy, uh, this is a team that could challenge in that in that division. Yeah, man, the – I think the Colts will go as Wentz goes. I think they had some unfortunate breaks with a couple games earlier in the season, but they were never really out of games, which showed me a lot about who they were as a team. I never, you know, I was never really down on them that much, even when they had one win, two win. I know the one week Dylan and I were on, and we talked about it, and we both talked about how the Colts are going to bounce right back, and I think they're proving that. Um, to play in those elements, to show up the way Wentz did through all that adversity and craziness, you know, he still put together a solid game. And I think the Colts are going to just keep trending in that right direction. And be interesting to see where they stack up and match up, you know, come playoff time. And there's playoff races, the divisional race with the Titans. And yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun ride with them the rest of the way, especially as they get healthier. Michael Pittman been balling out. And I think you're going to see a lot of fun, uh, a fun connection there with him and Wentz. We talked about how the Colts were able to snag Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman in the same draft. And not only in the same draft, they were drafted, I believe eight picks apart in the second round. That is a testament to how you build a great team because Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman right now are emerging stars for that team. And we're going to find out how good these Colts are. I do remember saying, that um, at one point, I believe they only have one win, that eventually they'll get it together. They'll start to get healthy, and again, they're in a very winnable division. But we're going to find out exactly how good these Colts are because their very next game is against Tennessee, and Tennessee's already beat them once. So can Tennessee really sweep the Colts and put their season at 3-5 and five and really just at a crossroads already? 
But I guess for Philadelphia fans, y'all really wouldn't mind that because, again, the more Carson Wentz plays, you know, the more that first-round pick is secured. And if they're losing games, that just means that, you know, it's just a higher pick. But I think the Colts are doing what they need to do to establish an identity. As you were saying, Carson Wentz, his ankles are really just holding up. He really loves throwing the ball deep to Michael Pittman, and Michael Pittman already has has said that he loves going to get it. And Jonathan Taylor is – one of the best, if not starting to be the best back in the NFL. It's a good time to be a Colts fan, but then again, we're about to find out exactly how good this team is. It was evident that Carson Wentz's legs are holding up. It's evident that they've got a huge challenge on deck. I think that in the Colts-Titans matchup, with this one being the run back and it being an indie, I think the Colts can pull this one off. I think they're playing well at the perfect time. They're hitting that midseason stride. I think Tennessee is due for a letdown ever after two huge wins over the Bills and the Chiefs. I think it's a prime spot to pick the Colts for an upset in that one if that's how they have it. Anyway, really quickly, guys, on the other side of the ball, and I want to address you, Justin, what is ailing Brandon Ayuk, man? This is a guy that was a first-round pick, and they just don't seem to involve him at all. Oh, man. Oh, man. Like you said, we don't really talk about fantasy too much on this show, but that dude is killing me. I was so high on him coming in. I thought he was Kyle Shanahan's darling. They were just going to ball out and have good times and just throw confetti everywhere together because they were going to be so great. And He's just – I don't know if he slept with Shanahan's wife, something – that dude is in the he – he reminds me of Dante Pettis a few years back where he just got in the doghouse and couldn't get out. And I, I don't know if that's what's going on, if this dude is just eating Whataburger all the time, some cra- – in and out, I guess I should say, out on the West Coast. But, <laughs> man, he is just – he did something wrong. He pissed somebody off, and it's just – yeah, that, that, that's all I got. I don't think anybody knows. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense with Brandon Ayuk. It just Debo doesn't make Samuel doesn't mind. Well, yeah. yeah, Debo Samuel does not mind. He loves it. Debo's getting all the targets. I just – like, Ayuk isn't even getting targeted, and that blows nope. my mind because he's a first-round pick, and he doesn't have any competition besides Debo right now. So – Yep, no Kittle. Kittle's not even out there. No either. Kittle, That's the craziest man. part. They're not throwing the ball to the running back, really. It's it's just Debo. It's literally just Debo and Ayuk. I don't know what happened. It's, it's very strange. It's very – because I think Shanahan even traded up for him, if I'm not mistaken. I think they I try I think they jumped Green Bay to take him in that draft. I could be wrong, but I know Shanahan was very high on him and clearly he's not high on him right now. So something's going on behind the scenes and I'm sure it's not really out to the public quite yet. I'm sure it'll get out eventually, but we're going to we'll see how it goes the rest of the way. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh what happens with the 49ers going forward. Do they become sellers at these trade deadline? Uh, I don't know. I think that they're quickly working themselves out of a playoff spot. It's still early in the season. I think we're a third of the way through, so it will be very interesting to watch. But, you guys, we are starting to wrap up, and before we do, I want to do a little look ahead. I'd like to look ahead to next week and see which matchups we should keep an eye on here. A lot of big games. This week was kind of a lackluster week, but huge matchups. We already talked about Titans-Colts next week. Um, You've got another one in Steelers-Browns. You've got Patriots, Chargers, there are definitely some fun games to watch. What is a game that you're going to be watching next week, and uh, and uh, what, what do you like? I think my favorite one is the Bucks at New Orleans. I think the Saints are getting healthy. They're playing right now as we speak, so we'll see how that goes. But I think it's a big divisional matchup. They don't like each other, and it, it's a good test for Jameis to see really where he's at with this offense as they're getting healthier and healthier and on the defensive side of the ball too to see how they can contain Brady. So I think that's going to be a fun one. It's definitely going to be a tough NFC South matchup that I think we're so accustomed to watching within those divisional games. My uh, matchup is actually a primetime game on uh, Thursday night. I believe I alluded to this on a few pods back that we could possibly see an undefeated Arizona team going up against a one-loss Packer team. Now, there was reported earlier today that Devontae Adams has been uh, hit with the COVID list, so there's a chance that he's not going to play on Thursday. Uh, I don't know his vaccination status, but, I mean, it just looks like he's not going to be able to play on Thursday, so that does diminish that matchup just a little bit, but still uh, possible number one and number two seed in the NFC going at it on a primetime game to kind of start the week off. That's a really great slate. 
Yeah, that will be fun. Kind of a bummer that you just said Devontae's not going to play. Definitely sucks the wind right out of the sails. I think we have to keep an eye on two games on Sunday. The early game, Titans and Colts, that one's going to deliver. Both of these teams have electric running backs. Obviously, King Henry against Jonathan Taylor, stuff that we want to watch. Tannehill versus Wentz. This one's going to be fun. This one's going to you know, be a potential preview of what we can see in the playoffs later on. And then the night game, Sunday night football has been, it's been doing it right. And we've got the Cowboys going to the Vikings, the Cowboys coming off of a bye week. Again, America's Super Bowl pick here. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. I think that this one. Could why do you, you got to do that? What? What did I do? Why Why, why you got to? I said they're America's gotta... team. They're not my team. They're America's team. Why do you got to unveil the curtains like that? You know, we had already <laughs> talked about moving past and making amends. And, you know, next thing you know, you start, you know, spouting off nonsense to end the pie. That's not what the listeners want to hear. It's not just nonsense. If your baby boy is listening to this, that's considered child abuse. I just want to let you know <laughs> yeah, that. I, I had to mute the mic because, no joke, he started yelling. It's good. It's it a weird that's, that's coincidence, upset. I think. It's good. It's but, good. like, he's got that super I'd yell funny. for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, as anyone should. I mean, it's just downright disrespectful. You said that crap last week without me here, and he done pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, because he, he, he thought he was confident. He thought he was, he thought he was making a point, and we even said that he's not supposed to give him hope, and that's what he was doing. He's giving him hope, and that's not, that's not what he's supposed to be doing. We don't like hope. Well, there's, hope, no, hope there's no paralyzing. Hope. Listen, I hope that I never have to do this show with you two bums again. This is awful. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm just yeah, kidding. So, so much love in the kidding. room. I don't I'm even know who kidding. you are anymore. And I'm a yeah, Cowboys exactly. hater. That would have I'm been a Cowboys hater. And people would have heard it and believed it. Nah, man. Go Burrs. I bleed green, bro. I cried when the Eagles lost to the Giants back in like no, 2000. I did. I did. I, I can remember where I was. I was at a bar in Philly. I was at Manny Brown's. I cried, bro. When Brandon Jacobs scored a touchdown, I cried. I was there. I was there. Anyway, right. you guys, right. I got to go, man. I got to go watch the uh, Seahawks beat up on the Saints, Dylan. A uh, little shout-out to you and the New Orleans faithful. Um, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. I can't wait to do it again next week. Justin, Dylan, thanks for hanging with me, guys. Oh, thanks for having me back. You, uh, I got off the uh, bad seat to come back with you guys and – Thank God. It was not a good place to be. But we'll be back next week. We'll be back with hopefully positive things to say. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it can only go up from here, right? I mean, you can't go worse. This is a good vibes-only podcast. and We spew positivity. Absolutely. Uh, we are just a beacon of optimism and just <laughs> you can sense it in our glowing personalities and tones. <laughs> That was the most monotone, glowing exit I've ever heard. Guys, I got to roll, man. All I got to say is uh, thanks for joining me. You guys have a good night. Kiss the wife. Kiss the babies. Go birds. Go birds. Who that? Who that?